um, at that time really when we started thinking about it thinking like oh no these other products are cropping up now we need to make sure that we're kind of you know elevated and and that we and that we're ahead um and then dragon's den got in touch with us and i was like i do not want to go on dragon's den um i think it's just there's so many other ways that you can get investment <laughs> welcome to millionaire secrets where we are pulling back the curtain on what it takes to be a seven-figure entrepreneur giving you the shortcuts and the wisdom from entrepreneurs who are achieving amazing levels of success today. Proving that no matter what your story is, no matter what your version of success is, you can take the secrets of success and change your own truth, your own reality and become wealthy. Financially, yes, but without sacrificing what makes you wealthy in the other areas of your life, what makes you happy, whether that be family, relationships, health or travel, whatever it is for you. There is no doubt that we are living through abnormal times right now, but history tells us that this is where the next generation of millionaires will come from. Entrepreneurs who choose to see the opportunities and rise above the challenges, creating empires that will make the most impact in response to what's happening in the world. So are you ready to rise up? I am on an absolute mission to show the world, to show you and the next generation of entrepreneurs that they can have both their version of business success and their version of lifestyle success. And it starts now. My name is Bethan Jepson, and in this series, I will bring you amazing guests to reveal their millionaire business and millionaire lifestyle secrets. If you are very much on this journey or you want to be on this journey of pursuing massive success in business, wealth and life, I am giving away amazing bonuses to those who subscribe to the Millionaire Secrets email list at millionairesecretspodcast.com. So make sure you listen all the way to the end of this episode for more information on this. Welcome to episode number 10 of Millionaire Secrets. This episode, I'm joined by the fabulous Samantha Ryder, also known as Sammy. Sammy is the owner and director of Perky Pear, the ultimate lift and shape boob tape range catering all the way up to a G cup. Created by women for women, offering the same results as a surgical breast lift, but obviously without the surgery. Starting in her mum's living room in Greater Manchester, UK, the brand was quickly made global with retail customers such as Pretty Little Thing and the Boohoo Group. Now a US company also with goals to make the brand accessible worldwide. Sammy and I know each other from school and I have followed her journey with awe. The mission and ethos behind Perky Pear sings to my heart and it's another reason I love Sammy and I love Perky Pear. This message that women are beautiful in all shapes and sizes and that every woman deserves to feel beautiful and confident in her own clothes. I didn't hold back in asking about the nitty gritty of growing a product based global brand. So I think you will find this episode super valuable. I would also love to hear your takeaways on Instagram stories. So please tag me at Beth and Jepson and at Perky Pear Official to let us know your thoughts. Enjoy this episode. Okay, cool. So yeah, so welcome to Millionaire Secrets. Thank you so much for making the time for us today. 
no thank you so much for having me um it's exciting yeah it's really exciting um yeah so it's it's kind of funny because with the guests that I've had so far on the podcast like they've all most of them have been some sort of like personal connection to me and obviously like, you and I went to the same school although we didn't really know each other in school um yeah were we in the same art class I feel like we I can't remember if we were in the same art class I don't think we even were because I think I think we were in opposite ends of the year mm. and then I think we were just never we were never in the same classes yeah but, um, yeah, so I don't think so, unless I've just remembered that wrong. We might have been, but I don't think so. <laughs> um, Okay, cool. So the way I tend to start off these podcasts is to do a bit of rapid fire. Um, so this just allows the listeners to really get to know the way you think, like, um, yeah, like who you are and, and give, give them a bit of context. So if you're happy, I will start off by asking some rapid fire questions. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> So, Sammy, tell me, where, where do you live? Um, currently, I live um, pretty much a 10-minute walk from Davenport train station. Um, okay. I've grown up pretty much in Cheadle Hume, which is um, in Greater Manchester. So I've grown up in Cheadle Hume my whole life and was um, worked hard enough to be able to you know, buy my own place, which is in, near Davenport. And um, I'm moving next month to my next home, which is in Poynton. So that's really exciting. Amazing. Congrats. That's really exciting. Thank um, you. Where, what was your first job and how old were my you? first job? Um, I would say my, my first proper like job was when I was a student. So I was kind of late to the whole um, part-time job thing. Like my sister, we, I'm a twin. So she, she started working when she was 17 in like Morrison's. So I was a bit late to the party because I was, I think I was just turning 20 when I started my first job at the co-op in Bramall. Um, so yeah, it was when I was, when I was uh, full-time as a student as well. So that was really good at, it kind of gives you a lot of like life sort of skills I think and it really makes you come out of your your skin well not skin but you know kind of brings you out and gives you a bit more social skills outside of university um which was really good and it paid for all my nights out so you know pretty much funded my fifth av um obsession um so yeah that was my first job um and then my first proper job in terms of career was um straight after uni um at a marketing agency in, in Manchester as a designer which is pretty much what I al- always wanted to do with my life interesting okay would you say you're an introvert or an extrovert well this is a hard one um I, I don't know because it, it's in some situation it depends really on how I'm feeling I suppose um I would say I do find it draining being around too many people um pretty much the reason why I never lived in student accommodation through university um I kind of like I can be probably seen as an extrovert if I'm actually around the right people who are you know give me the the right energy and um, because it brings me out my shell and I'm quite uh, quite loud if I'm comfortable um but at the same time I do really like to kind of take myself off on my own and I do find too much um too, like too much sort of um too many people I think can be a bit draining sometimes so yeah I don't know I may be a mix but yeah. probably more introverted if when it comes to trying to you know build up my own energy I do kind of like to be on my own to to re-energize and 
and um rather than a big group of people so mm-hmm. yeah probably okay. more towards introvert mm, interesting I think yeah I would probably have a very similar answer to you actually so yeah but it doesn't mean like just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you know you're going to be in a group of people and just sit there not saying anything but I do think I do find myself doing that if I'm in the wrong group of people and I think over the years just kind of managed to know what kind of people um uh, you know gravitate towards and if you start to feel like your energy is low I think it really does say a lot about who you who you're being around so Mm. yeah I think around the right people you can kind of be introvert or extrovert I think yeah that's so true do you did you have like a a role model or somebody who inspired you to go down more of the entrepreneur route and if so who was that oh I don't really know to be honest um it is a tricky one because I never actually thought I'd, I'd never had ambitions to to own my own business I always knew I had a really strong work ethic um and in terms of role models, I would say it's probably the women in my life who've been really great role models. Um, my mom is literally like a superwoman. I mean, she was a single mom bringing up twins and her work ethic was just amazing. And it's kind of always taught me and she's always taught me that you need to work hard for <laughs> for things that you want. And my grandma as well, she was a really um, hardworking woman. She was self-employed as a, a private physio um so yeah I've had women and then my mum um and stepdad had their own business as well when I was growing up so I think I have kind of subliminary I can't say the word <laughs> been around you know women who sort of um uh really strong-minded and independent and I think it definitely rubbed off on me mm. um so yeah it's definitely definitely that because then I never thought in my head oh I'll start my own business when I get when I grow older if anything I used to sit at university and if they talk about freelancing or as a designer I'd be thinking that does not apply to me I'm not going to start my own business <laughs> um I always just thought I'd work in a creative agency and that would be you know my, that was my dream job and that's what I did do um before I just decided to create boob tape <laughs> so yeah but the next natural step <laughs> yeah uh, okay cool well I say we're definitely going to come back to that transition yeah um, I'm trying not to say too much <laughs> <laughs> what time do you get up in the morning do you have like a little routine that you do in the morning this is a good question actually because it's been it's been something that I've really really tried to work on recently um I don't think the whole pandemic helped because obviously normality just went out the window even more so but when you're self-employed or own a business and you're the boss you've got no one who's going to be calling you at nine o'clock saying like where are you so it's very easy to like sometimes like before the pandemic started I was kind of falling into a routine of kind of working too late you know till like two in the morning and then snoozing my alarm and I wouldn't even get into the office until like 11 o'clock which is probably like shocking because normally you see on Instagram and things that you should do as a business owner and you should go up at six o'clock and do yoga and all this stuff so yeah so I was kind of falling into bad habits um because I'm quite a night owl so I've always done work in the evening like even when I was at uni I did all my uni work in the evening I just kind of feel like it's a good time to do work so I still do do that but I've really been working hard to try and get up earlier um so this week I've been getting up at half seven I can definitely never get up 
earlier than half seven um and I've been going to the gym in the morning which is good because I feel like it, when I first started the business um you can get so engrossed in growing the business that you kind of let your physical health kind of decline because you're so mentally drained you don't want to then go to the gym and do all that kind of thing so yeah recently I've I've really been having a word with myself and going in the morning getting that time for myself um over and done with because then I feel like I've already worked on that bit for myself and then it um gives me sort of it, it's better product productivity levels definitely mm. um so yeah it's been working but I mean it's taken three and a half years of um owning a business to come to that <laughs> realization that you really need to work on yourself to in order to be as product, product productive in a smart way um, as possible yeah it's yeah I love that so much like especially because I'm I'm a I'm also a night owl like a hundred percent and yeah. yeah it's very easy to because because I, I mean, I'm surrounded by female entrepreneurs. Like I'm, I'm in that culture and community like day in, day out. And sometimes it can be easy to compare yourself and just be like, well, yeah, definitely. If, if you know, eight out of ten of those people are getting up at six, like, yeah. do- <laughs> <laughs> I can say though that like the amount of business people I know is probably more like two out of ten people getting out, getting up at six. Like I feel like people <laughs> try and pretend that they do, or you see on on like Instagram or Pinterest that that's what you should do I think the real reality is that you probably shouldn't beat yourself up about it because Mm. if you find your productivity levels are the best at night then that's great like if you're getting the work done you're getting it done and if it means you're a bit tired in the morning then yeah it's not the best thing but Mm. um everyone has their own kind of um routine I don't think everyone has to have the same routine like I think I read once that the most famous writers and artists back in the day used to work through the night and then get up at like 12 in the afternoon and you know I I just think yeah there's probably a reason for that people just love working when when they I I don't personally work well in the morning so (laughs) yeah I just think as long as you get it done there's nothing wrong with it I think I think there's a lot of pressures out there that um you know don't always kind of work for everyone mm, yeah I think it's, I'll just say one more point on this before we move on I, I know <laughs> anyway. um like one of my so I have a kind of a business coach who you know guides me and supports me and every year he does this event in in LA um and last LA he last LA last year in LA um <laughs> he brought um some like a friend of his who's like a billionaire you know yeah <laughs> Um, and my business coach is always like hammering on about, you need to get up at five. You need to get up super early, yada, yada, yada. And he got this billionaire on stage and asked him like the question, like, what time do you get up in the morning? And I think he was just, he was this, he was sure that this guy was going to prove me. <laughs> and this guy was like, oh, do you know what? I get up at like 10, 11. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like, you know, success isn't get up at five, then you'll be successful. It's like get up at five and I'll, I'll probably be asleep again by seven o'clock. So yeah. that's, not help, that's not helping anyone, is it? Exactly. It's so true. Uh, okay. Um, what's your next big goal? Oh gosh. I kind of, um, oh, I guess. The goal, the goal that we were supposed to be working on this year was um, launching into the US. Um, we've always sold, we've sold globally since we launched because um, obviously we're an online 
business so there is no limit to how many countries that you can sell to if you have the couriers that go there so yeah we've always um the, the us have made up about 30 percent of our business so last year when we were approached by a business woman from america um she she's she's a really well-known businesswoman they their family um own a business which is worth like 1.5 billion so um we thought she was the best person to kind of take us to that next level in the us so yeah we took on um some investment last year and we went over and uh i went to milwaukee which was minus 12 degrees so that was fun um wow and it was like a 12 hour trip there and then 12 hours back <laughs> so we we did that to set up all the production so over there so we have our production f facility just in the us now um so we were kind of gearing up to to really explode um which has kind of taken a bit of a pause you know just because of the general pandemic and it's just not the right time um so that was the goal and I feel like I'm, that is still the goal, you know, obviously we're, we're biding our time and, and the goal is obviously to, to just continue to grow over here as well and to, to launch into new countries. And I think the pandemic really made us realize that even two countries isn't enough, you know, even the UK and the US isn't enough because as it's proven this year, having your eggs in even just two baskets isn't, you know, if one market goes, down or one country is highly affected you want to make sure that you can still survive um so we were we worked with a company who successfully launched brands into south africa to give them the um access to obviously the amazing brands that we have access to so yeah that's really exciting so i don't think we would have even looked at those avenues had it not been for this mm. whole pandemic so yeah, yeah so the, the goal is to kind of just grow and you know make herky pear um as available to, to everyone all over the world just as much as it is on our doorstep mm. okay exciting and i love what you said actually about obviously the pandemic has lots of negatives and downsides but there's always <laughs> opportunities that pop up out of those and yeah it's as long exactly. as yeah this year's I mean, probably i don't know if you'll circle back around to some of these but yeah i think if you look at it in terms of like forecasts and things like that no it's been absolutely terrible <laughs> you know we had certain things that we were supposed to do this year that haven't even happened yet um and you know obviously revenue goals which we haven't hit um but in terms of innovation and even onboarding new stockists so we we are literally it's kind of put us in a better position than we would have been um so going forward i don't think we would have launched the two products that we've just launched had we not have sort of thought oh god like we need to you know get people excited about stuff so i think for us there's been more silver linings than than negative things mm, amazing and i think that's a sign of any kind of successful business owner is even when things go to hell it's it's yeah <laughs> let's see the silver linings please <laughs> yeah definitely i think if you can if we can survive through this year i don't think there's anything that would that would be as damaging to be honest so yeah i mean the fact that we've even been selling beauty when people were in lockdown it was absolutely crazy and i think it has all to do with the efforts that we put in beforehand and and just yeah i was we were surprised obviously thankful yeah, <laughs> thankful, for yeah. it. thankful for the lovely weather that we had during lockdown and everyone was in the garden thank that yeah. was that was helpful of course yeah 
What would you say is the bravest thing that you've ever done? Um, oh gosh, I don't know. Probably, probably starting a business if I'm honest. Um, but I don't know. I don't know whether it was really brave. I think some people would see it as brave, but for me, you know, if you, if you just, have a good business plan and you you look at the pros and the cons to me it wasn't really a um it wasn't a risk because I always thought you know because I was already a, I was a digital graphic designer at the time so I thought you know if anything it's only going to add to my CV it's kind of just like a, it's a I basically look at starting a business as a giant project because that's what it felt like um and yeah I don't I don't know if there's anything have I done anything braver <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. I think it's it's hard to say because you know, brave for one person might not be brave for the next. Mm. I suppose. I mean, um, probably something that people don't know about me is I have like a phobia of driving on the motorway. Mm. I don't drive on the motorway. I just hate it. Um, so for me, brave would be me about to do my lessons to to drive on the motorway. <laughs> so mm. that might not be brave for someone else. So. It's a tough one because obviously everyone sees different things as what's brave and what's not brave. What would you say is your is a fear? Like what's what's one of your big? I mean, apart from driving on the motorway, um, <laughs> what is like your biggest fear? I don't know. Um, probably like every single business person will probably say the fear is. I mean, before COVID happened, I'd probably say like something really bad happening and something we've never foreseen. And, you know, I think, I, I, you know, like I said, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts that you've done and all business owners seem to really like being in control, which is definitely what I like to be. And um, if I'm not in control, I can get really anxious. So to me, yeah, it would, my worst fear would just be something that I have absolutely no control over that could really affect the business. So I think when, when the whole COVID thing happened, especially when lockdown and, you know, things are still not open and it has really affected our business. Um, but at the same time, I've been quite surprised with how I've actually dealt with that and, and how scary actually when you're in it, it's, it's, it's worrying. And obviously it's, um, it, it's very frustrating not to be able to forecast like we used to be able to do, but it it's kind of, it's not been as, scary as I'd have if someone had told me like two years ago this is what's going to happen you know it I'd have been like oh my god you'd I'd have been so scared and I think it sounds horrific but it's kind of taught me that anything that's thrown at you um especially this I can't I couldn't think of what would be worse for any is you know it's affected businesses worldwide so I think having gone through it now it's kind of taught basically any challenge is um can there's always solutions for it and you just got to work through it. And it's been a big lesson. I think it's been very character building to be fair as a business person going through a pandemic and it's definitely infilled me with confidence to kind of not even listen to fears, I suppose. Mm. If I had listened to fears, I probably wouldn't have started a business in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. <laughs> What's the best day in your business been? <laughs> Oh God, I don't know. I feel like when you first, when we first started the business, um, I would say the best day is probably what felt like the big break in a way, which was um, when we, we launched on March the 
18th in 2017. So we started, um, we kind of already built up a little bit of a following. We already had 4,000 subscribers to our newsletter before we even launched, which was crazy because we actually didn't show people the products because it was still going through all the trademark and, and stuff like that. So we were already amazed at just how many people were even interested by just showing them the results of what the product could achieve. So for me, I thought, wow, like when we first launched, we got so many sales in, especially from the US as well, um, straight away, um, that it just felt amazing. And then I always thought to myself, okay, well, we'll just do B2C and, you know, maybe in two years, that's when a retailer might be interested. And then we had our launch party and then literally within two weeks, we were sat in the PLT um, Pretty Little Thing offices and I was just sat there with Charlotte and Charlotte wasn't working with me at the time it was literally just me and we were just she'd taken the day off work to come and to come and do this um meeting with me and yeah I just sat in like this room with all this they just had the coolest offices and I just thought like wow I can't believe I'm here like I used to be their customer and now I'm sat in the offices and straight away they just ordered like 2,000 units straight off the bat um I, I made a it was a Charlotte always laughs at this story because I'd made a I thought a really good PowerPoint presentation of why they should stock our products, but I didn't even have chance to open my laptop. She was like, I literally just sat down and said, I have 10 minutes, um, talked a little bit and she's like, okay, great. Um, we'll just take a thousand units. And I was like, ah. so we kind of joke around that. I never got to use my PowerPoint presentation still to this day. <laughs> um, so I think that was, even though so many things have happened since then, that was kind of like nothing will get, nothing would ever kind of surpass that original um wow uh, you know feeling of when you're first launching and someone gives you an amazing opportunity because mm. I, I kind of feel like because now we have so many more retails on board and every time we get a new one it's kind of like oh right okay and it's kind of like I miss being excited it's, like, it's kind of annoying that I'm used to it in a way of mm. onboarding new stockists because when we first were like, oh, you know, pretty little thing, you're on board, and then boohoo, and it, yeah, I think these initial, those initial wins are always probably going to feel the best. Mm, yeah, that's so true. What would you say has been one of the worst days in your business? Oh, definitely when lockdown, start, when lockdown started. I think for us, we'd had a, such an amazing start to the year. Um, and we'd literally just had a massive um, campaign party with Vicky Patterson. And we were all in menagerie. We'd like literally shut the whole thing down and had about 50 odd influencers, Vicky and everyone there. And we were so happy as to where we were going this year and we had had an ITVB advert which was set to come out which is still on pause which is kind of been pushed from March all the way to November so we were kind of we were maintaining a hundred percent growth from the last year which was incredible growth and then literally as soon as lockdown happened that announcement it was literally like a brick wall hit us and I remember just thinking like I just wish I could go to sleep and wake up and this was a dream. Um, mm -hmm. And I've never felt that way before. Um, it was definitely, definitely the hardest um, day that I've ever experienced pretty mm. much um, with the business. Mm, yeah. Mm. Well, thank you. No, thank you for sharing that with us. Cause um, yeah, I think again, it's, 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 there's something powerful. I think when even like the most successful people like still have bad days like still oh, yeah. all the time I think if anything like people I don't know what people assume but if anything when you when you 
I, I guess, I don't know, it, the more success you have, the more you have on the line. So mm-hmm. the more things can hit you, the more, the more kind of stresses and I, I don't know, responsibilities you have. So there's, there's a fair, I would say it's not, it's not just good days. It's, it's pretty much ups and downs, but luckily the ups outweigh the downs, <laughs> but it's not a smooth definitely not a smooth journey if you don't want to have bad days or stress or anything like that then you know don't don't start a business <laughs> it's probably yeah it's but true. obviously the, the highs are the, are the highs but the lows are, are the low mm, that's so true um I mean this question I'm kind of throwing in there actually based on what you just said around um or what you previously said that you had 4,000 subscribers before you even launched Give us a top marketing tip to really build build an audience like that. Oh god, there's so many marketing tips. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be fair, with Perky Pack, I probably picked the the most difficult thing to to launch a business with, especially being my first business, because there's so much red tape. So for me, because it Facebook is so strict, I mean they've just deleted our third facebook page so uh, luckily for us we've never relied on facebook for any kind of marketing because that's frustrating because i would say in terms of marketing and being a new business um you know social media is is really what's really been key for our for our business and and our product um but um yeah in terms of being able to advertise and market i I would always say you know facebook advertising is the most affordable but we could never use it because there was so much red tape and they would just ban all our adverts so we used to have to go for more expensive kind of options instead like influencers and even google ads for a while didn't really like us linking to our website so which was annoying because we were selling our products on our website (laughs) so Mm. yeah there's a lot of red tape but so I would say for anyone who's not doing anything like that, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier. Um, but I would say just definitely the steps involved, I would say like we started the, the Instagram page and the website before we even had the actual product. Like I didn't even, ha- I still had the prototype. So we were doing that cause we could still show roughly what it was and got people excited about it. And, and basically just try and create excitement and get signups and some kind of even just traffic to your website. Cause obviously it's so much to go into, but basically don't just put up a website and expect loads of sales. You've got to build up the SEO and traffic and ranking. So just get, even if you're not ready, just start set up an Instagram page um, you know, try and just show people, follow people who are following similar products or brands, start trying to build up an audience and, um, try and, I don't know, it depends what kind of product you've got, but yeah, just try and work out a way to get them to go to your website and, and to get sign up so that when you can launch them and when it came to our launch day, it was actually just like a waterfall of orders just coming in because people were waiting for it because we'd basically already got them on board. So it's just a really good tip to, um, it sounds like, I don't want to say that that's a really easy thing to do, but luckily for us, we had a product that gave results that we could show and nothing else at the, at the time was really um, giving those results to people just like, oh my God, what's that? Like, you mm. know, so then that's because it was a gap in the market. So when you do find a gap and you start, you know, advertising it, it's USPs, um, there should be no reason why you can't 
get people onto your website and you know give them a good offer sign up sign up for 20 percent off yeah build up your newsletter so that when you're ready to launch you've, you've got customers straight away and then just utilize obviously cost effective uh marketing and platforms like facebook ads that we couldn't use <laughs> no it's it's um yeah no it's really powerful stuff actually because yeah like so many people like just you know they take their product to market but they've not built up any desire they've not built up like any of that loyalty um and really like yeah really what you need to do is i guess identify the problem show show people the solution yeah Uh, people want don't they all you need to do is if you've got a solution to someone's problem then that's half of your job done like and it's quite hard to find if you've actually managed to find a product that does that then definitely launch it because you know it's it's if people want it and there's a gap just go for it because I nearly didn't and um, I'm I'm so glad that I did (laughs) interesting okay I'm sure we'll come back to that story (laughs) the choice that you had to make um okay well this is the last question in the in the rapid fire um so so something that I talk about a lot um is a concept called success without sacrifice um because I just personally believe you know money is great and all but you it's not it's not worth sacrificing your happiness your health your family um all that good stuff for so just curious really what would you say your version of success without sacrifice is oh i don't that that's a these are quite tough questions (laughs) it's a hard one because in some ways when you start a business you do sacrifice a lot um i wouldn't probably the business wouldn't be where it is today had it not been for sacrificing my time and you know just energy and even like I said when when you start business I touched upon this earlier about sometimes you do let your your physical health kind of decline because you're so mentally drained and that's a form of sacrifice you're sacrificing you know hours that you could have spent working on you, you yourself more than your business um so there's there's always a degree of there's, well there's a lot of sacrifice when you start a business but mm. it, it depends what your idea of success is because when I say that I my idea of success was I wanted to create a global brand I didn't start Perky Pear as Sammy Ryder selling Perky Pear on eBay or Etsy I was no I'm gonna launch a website but I'm gonna get in with all the retailers I'm going to, you know, basically go big or go home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, now we're launching in the US. I want to, I want to launch, you know, in more countries. So that, that's to me, that's just me. That's just my business model, but success to someone else. Um, and, I, and I speak to, uh, you know, in terms of what I used to think success was as well. And I used to, I always felt, thought of myself as successful, you know, because before I, I even started the company I was doing something that I loved like I say I've always since I was a young girl wanted to be a graphic designer so that's what I was doing as a career before Perky Pear and to me I felt successful because I was doing something that allowed me to wake up in the morning and be so excited about going to work and you know not having that Monday dread on Sunday like I already felt like I was successful just because I was happy with what I was doing so I don't just feel like I'm successful now that I own a business. And like I said, it's, you know, success means different pe- different things to different people. You might feel successful because you're 
working nine to five job that you feel passionate about and that you love and you might just make a bit of extra money by you know selling other things on the side or doing something else with your time that makes you feel you know fulfilled so yeah I think again it means different things to different people Mm. but I don't I I already felt that sort of success before I don't think oh I'm gonna launch in 10 countries and I'll be successful Mm. it kind of that mind that way of thinking doesn't isn't really something that I that I kind of I Mm. don't really think that way amazing um yeah no that's cool Um, I think that's a great answer um (laughs) Right, let's get into the juicy stuff then. I want to know, I mean, I've got so many things I want to know, probably have time to ask them all, but, um, so obviously, you know, I was, I've, I've followed you for a little while. It was funny because I would say a year ago, I had no idea what you were up to, I'm going to be honest. Like, <laughs> no idea. And I was sat around with my, I'm still friends with all the guys from school. And then um, we were all sat around one day and I can't remember who it was, but someone said, do who like who is the most successful per like who are the most successful people from school like who is I think somebody said like, I think the question they actually got asked was who's actually rich <laughs> we were, <laughs> um and then we were just I don't know people were just throwing names around and well your name came up very quickly and I was like oh right interesting like what what that's crazy that like my my people are just saying things like that um yeah so someone was like someone was like oh well, sammy and charlotte and i was like oh right what are they up to um and then someone said you know oh, i think they've got a company um making something to do with boobs <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's basically how my boyfriend describes it <laughs> uh, boobs <laughs> Great. <laughs> <Of description. Boobs. laughs> basically the summary yeah <laughs> so yeah so I just kind of well I just jumped on to I think I just typed your name into Instagram or something or Facebook I can't remember exactly um but obviously then kind of discovered you know Perky Pear and what you'd been up to and um <laughs> and I think I came across you're in the MEN right you're in the the Manchester yeah we've, yeah, yeah we've been in a couple of things yeah so well that was the one that I think that was the one that I found straight away um, which kind of talks a little bit about your story, but then obviously your website tells a bit more. Um, so I'm really interested to know. So obviously, you know, you you identified a problem because you have the problem. You had the problem yourself, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you wanted to look fabulous in clothes, and you know, every woman deserves to feel fabulous in her clothes. Um, yeah. So you did I read this right? Was it your mum's physiotherapy tape or something? Yeah, so my like I mentioned before, actually, my grandma was a physio- physiotherapist. So uh, yeah, I guess if you want to know, do you want to know the, how it all came about? Just from, tell me the nitty gritty. You want to know the story? Okay. Well, basically, uh, it, it kind of honestly had a lot to do with the fact that I'd just broken up with my ex boyfriend. Um, I was newly single. We broke up, and then I literally registered the company a month after which is people my sister always jokes like you know people moping around like you're literally like starting a business a month later um and the reason for it is just because <sighs> it's as cliche as it sounds um I just you know was newly single I was like right I need to get out there. I need to not get out there to necessarily find someone but I just wanted to have a good time with my girls um and I don't know I think I think I was 24 years old and at that point 
that loads of fashions are just coming fashion that sort of weren't in fashion you know back when I used to go out um because I kind of stopped going on a lot of nights out to be honest um when I was with this person um because it was a long distance relationship so we kind of like it was a lot of sacrifice of that sort of thing to see each other on weekends so it, that's why I think it, it I need to explain that before I say that's why all of a sudden I was wearing these clothes that probably weren't in fashion like three years ago um because I used to wear a lot of like bandage dresses and I was 20 21 22 I didn't really have this gravitational issue <laughs> of um you know something natural that happens so yeah these these deep plunge tops and things like that were in fashion I was literally like I loved them but then every single time I tried it on I was like okay I need surely there's something out there that would help me and there was just nothing it was all plastic it was silicone it didn't even lift a big boob never mind shape it and if it mm. you know it just it was just rubbish and it would come off halfway through and halfway through the night and I just thought like there has to be something out there and really enough um at the time as well it was like my where I worked at the time a Christmas party not Christmas party sorry summer party coming up and even the girls there are saying like there is literally nothing and I was like I know there's literally nothing out there that actually helps and then it just came about that we were we went for dinner at my grandma's and my brother he is very much into sports and fitness like he's just an iron man like he's like it makes me tired just watching the things that he does <laughs> he is an absolute hero <laughs> so he he'd hurt his knee or something and my grandma was saying like oh i've got some really good tape that will that will help so well, i didn't invent this material um but at the time it came in really thin strips of tape and I just thought wow that material looks really good so I was like oh you know can I have some because she had like spare rolls and I was like this makes really good boot tape <laughs> um, basically as simple as that but I had to piece about 10 pieces together to even get it was basically still a hack and I just remember thinking like I need and it, by the time you would pieced 10 together to get you know the, the width that you needed you had loads at the top and then you kind of limited that then what what you could wear that you know kind of hides the tape so I was thinking I just need this material but in a certain shape and that's basically how I was born and I was just like no I need to I need to do this like it it doesn't exist and yeah it kind of I registered the company in April 2016 but I took kind of like a year to not a year kind of found a manufacturer in the September so it'd been a couple of months because in the meantime I went to Vegas <laughs> as you do <laughs> when you're really single you start a business and you go to Vegas <laughs> and I'm still like I took all the prototypes with me to Vegas we were wearing them like in pool parties I was like oh my god it's waterproof this is amazing and all my friends are wearing them um the prototypes and I finally found a manufacturer who would listen to my crazy idea um but I didn't want to share too much I kind of wanted to just get the material and then have it made in the UK and then I had to look through basically just a lot of googling as to how this would even be cut into my shape and yeah just uh, luckily for me found this is the weird thing actually it was kind of I would say it's like meant to be I found a company who really understood it was a women um owned business as well and they really got the idea they were a cutting company I can't share too much <laughs> but they were based in Scotland and I was like oh my god no way like I you know 
like, I really want to talk about it. And she said, well, actually, we're, we're, we're kind of originally from Wilmslow. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's like around the corner. And literally after six months or a bit more of working with them, they actually moved to Wilmslow. So that made it 100% more easier to, you know, courier all the things instead of Scotland. Um, so that was another weird thing that happened because it was kind of like, wow, that's literally meant to be kind of thing so that's basically what happened and then I got all the the products um pretty much at the end of the year and then um got a few things together in terms of launch dates and packaging um and that's why we launched in the March afterwards so it was kind of a year in the making um, interesting. um but that's basically that's the story <laughs> of how Perky Power was born I love it I love it um <laughs> talk me through it right so you, you, you've got this tape <laughs> and you're, you're going on this, like, you're a designer, right? Like that's, that's yeah. you're clearly creative and you're clearly like, you know, yeah, you're clearly, um, yeah, you can see, uh, you can see what you want the end picture to look like and then kind of, you know, make the thing to get there. Yeah. How, how does the invention process work then? So obviously you kind of, you, you said you Googled a lot, but like, yeah. So you've got this tape. You, yeah. you so let's say you cut it into the right size and you're like, right, this is kind of what I want. How do you then take that and get that into like a <laughs> manufacturer? It's like talk me a little bit through like that process. Well, I guess it depends what kind of product. So, you know, as as I just kind of touched on, so it was I knew what material it was. Um and there was a case of trying to find that manufacturer. Um, so sometimes it's a case of thinking, okay, what else is made from that material? Um, who's their manufacturer? Um, trying to find this manufacturer was like trying to find gold dust. No one would tell me. And I kept saying to people like, I'm not in the physio world. I can't, I'm not trying to, I'm not a competitor. I'm trying to do something completely different with this tape. I just need to know who the manufacturer is. So yeah it, it was really tough but then um i found on one one website um by just getting these rolls of material that it was made in china so i was like okay the manufacturer is in china so you know alibaba that is where you go for all things um you know manufacturers uh great that now they're all <laughs> on there copying us which yeah. is weird because it's like when you said before like what, what success i feel like when people when china started copying us that is when i feel like i made it because I was like, wow, obviously I've made it because there was nothing, nothing at all like that at the time. Wow. Um, and it, it's hilarious. So, yeah. yeah, so went on there, found a manufacturer for the actual material, did not want to tell them at all what I was going to use it for. So we were like, what do you want a meter worth of this material? Normally it comes in like five centimeters. And I was like, yeah, I want a meter. Like I want just loads of material. Um, and I just never told them how it was made what I wanted them to do um because once it got to our factory in the UK like I said it was just a lot of googling what 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 can what material or no sorry like what can cut certain materials so it'll, it'll be different for for everyone really um mm -hmm. I suppose being creative and and kind of just really highly um I, I don't know just inquisitive just like you know how how is this made and it's just it, it sounds like a cop-out just saying you know google it but we basically have like millions of information at our fingertips like if you have an idea for anything you, you'll find at least something similar and, and kind of go from there and and 
it's sometimes sometimes they can be made all in one place but you know for me I was really I didn't want to share I didn't want to share so like the idea of behind the products um and yeah what like I said when I found this factory in Scotland they're really great to work with and and then you've got to listen to them because then they're the ones who are the experts in using those machines and we've you know it was a product that had never been done before so essentially having to make up the whole manufacturing process for it was again I probably chose like the the hardest thing to to launch Mm. (laughs) but um that's what makes it so special um so yeah it's it's a hard one to to answer you know obviously everyone has different ideas different product ideas but yeah yeah just being really inquisitive and obviously people always say I've had people ask me before or say like you know you didn't do business at uni you did um graphic design well it was like my my um degree was actually marketing and design which is probably why I have such a a good knowledge of obviously what platforms and how to market it as well as obviously designing and doing the whole you know everything that you see is basically designed so I always say to people like the business side of things like you can learn because it's your business so you there's no there's no you are getting out of it you have to learn how to you know file your tax and things like that um hire an accountant because that's what I did <laughs> straight away just like, other than that you know business wise you, you just learn as you go but when you're a creative if you're a designer or someone who knows about marketing that's essentially I would say you're probably more equipped to start business than mm-hmm. someone who did business because okay. like I said ev- everything is everything you see is designed so if you want to get going and you don't have hundreds of thousands of pounds to be able to even do your own branding a logo packaging design web design you know email design to even be able to send out marketing emails to your customers everything that we did it we it was free because i did it and it wasn't the best i look back at the, the website and the packaging that we launched with it was terrible so yeah I, it, you just you just have to go for it you just things don't have to be perfect mm. but um you just need to go for it and you can refine as you as you go but yeah I would say if you're a business person or have ideas um make friends with a graphic designer because <laughs> it's, it, it's a key part of business it's it basically takes up um, about still about 80 percent of what I do for mm. for the company still I still do all that, all the design stuff, the website, the packaging. And I think that's what makes it so special as well, because sometimes people have an idea for a business and then they'll pay for someone else to do all that. So the fact that I've actually physically designed the product and sat drawing it out on my bedroom floor and the packaging design is I'm doing it on my laptop and the web design, everything um, makes it really special because it, to me, it's just, a creative project that basically got out of hand <laughs> that's what it feels like oh, I love that and yeah. um, in the early days then because obviously it was talking about the money and what what's a good thing to invest in and what's not because obviously you decided an accountant was like a must-have yeah was there anything else in the early days that you were just like no I need to I need a professional to do this or I need to bring someone in to do this and yeah. what, what were yeah, they? I think obviously it was great that I did save so much money on all the web design, the graphic design, you know, it's kind of like um, that when people start business, I think they start thinking, oh my God, actually there's a lot that goes in into that side of things. But the, obviously the things that I didn't, that I couldn't do. Um, yeah. It was good to, 
to invest like you're saying in someone who can do it for you so SEO was a big one um, and obviously um, we, we moved away from um, we used sort of like a, a web builder type platform at first where I could design everything and just drop it onto it whereas it depends what kind of product you you have like I say because we had to have quite a lot of specific things so sometimes your website might need specific things that you can't just do on a web builder so then you might need a developer um but again I saved a lot of money because I was basically like here's a design and then he just had to kind of put that into code so yeah like things like that which are really technical um it's it's worth getting someone but like I say we didn't start off with the developer and that you know doing a whole custom site um you know you can just launch for you know to get money into the company launch so you're at least selling something on like shopify or something like that but you can always like i say improve and refine as you go um but yeah you know seo and being able to to rank and be visible on google and google ads and all that kind of thing that i wasn't you know i wasn't an expert on so yeah we used a company they're they're a local company and it was someone i knew as well which was quite nice that you always know someone or someone always knows someone who who would be you know willing to give you a good rate for a for a startup and so yeah there's basically just things that you can't just wing yourself <laughs> and kind of like yeah but I would try and attempt as, as much as possible before, okay. I, before I hired someone <laughs> okay and obviously you said last year you did you decided to take on some investment why 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 was last year the right time for you to to take that step I think because um so last year was so we're in year well what did that 17 18, yes it's been three and a half years since we launched so the first year it was kind of like you launched you just need to concentrate on selling you know building your customer base um just really getting out there uh year two um was again more about refining looking at onboarding b2b and yes year two was basically when the investment happened um and at this point we had other people like I said, China cropping up with the little fake versions. And it was one of those products where we just think, you know, if we don't get in everywhere, other people could easily copy and they would get in other places too. You have to be first because unfortunately with IP law and things like that, it's so, oh, it's just a minefield and it's, it's just if you have an idea and you it's 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 like tangle teaser and these really well-known brands that you know so many replicas of those products but yet they're the ones that you see everywhere and they're the one that's the name that you know so we all we know that there's going to be other products probably even coming out which is similar and on that kind of thing but we just as long as we're first and we we start really you know growing um relationships with our retailers making sure that you know that they, they, they really honor our relationship and so don't buy in the copies <laughs> you know you know it's all it's all it's either you do that or you sit back and you let someone overtake you and it was getting to the point where we were like no we really need to get out there we need to be in front of more people and obviously to do that you do need more capital you need capital to be able to advertise you need capital to be able to even do things like you know amazing celebrity campaigns and it really grows your company um 
but we were yeah we 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 just needed a significant amount and um, at that time really when we started thinking about it thinking like oh no these other products are cropping up now we need to make sure that we're kind of you know elevated and and that we and that we're ahead um and then dragon's den got in touch with us and i was like i do not want to go on dragon's den um i think it's just there's so many other ways that you can get investment <laughs> dragon's den is just why would i sit on dragon's den and tell people what our profit margins are when i have buyers that could be watching thinking what like you know you, you why do i they don't need to know mm. because that, that's i think it's quite harmful because you know they'd be like why, why are we paying this then yeah. <laughs> you don't want to tell your secrets on live tv so i was like no dragon's den just isn't what i want to do so i wrote back saying like no we don't want to do this but it really made me think like oh god like we definitely need something because we need to, we need to get ahead. We need to be the people who are everywhere. And then weirdly enough, this is what I mean, like with this business, so many things just happened just when I needed it. And then I, we got an email through, um, which came directly through to the, from the website, just saying like, you know, I'd like to speak to Samantha regarding distribution in the US. So I was like, oh, well that sounds good. You know, distribution in the US, like we need more of that. Um, and I basically, you know, started writing back to this woman and she was basically like yeah no I just um just want to I want to invest um and then I was like oh okay so then we we got on the phone and she just really seemed to get it she was literally like you know this I love it like my, my daughter's bought it her daughter is our age as well so it's really nice we got on so well and she was like my daughter loves it I love it there isn't a product like this in the US like you need we need to be everywhere and I, she was basically like, I want a piece of the pie it was like it was just it was just one of those moments where I was like okay well you know we are interested and yeah it just felt right and it, it was just the type of investment as well the fact that it was to grow in the US as well as obviously growing in the UK but it was it was growing in to grow in the in the country that we already wanted to you know grow into and obviously with her business contacts and um you know the fact that she's a, a really great businesswoman over there it, it just felt right it felt a really it felt like a really good fit and the fact that we're you know full board of directors who are women so it felt really just like a really good fit and um yeah just really great timing because i think as it comes to a time in business where you just think we need to elevate ourselves mm, okay and this is something that it seems like you've got quite a you're quite switched on to in terms of like you know depending on who you like who you partner with like who like what influence influencer you use like how how do you identify like who that right person is to like represent the brand or like or like bring into the brand like how do you make that decision yeah. i think for us we we did um like a, you know a couple of years uh, worth of influencer activity before we chose vicky to represent us as a celebrity ambassador but we we did learn a lot like you say it's it's really it's actually not just a you know easy thing to choose any influencer and they'll post about you and it'll you know be really successful we kind of we we've chosen people in the past where they've done posts and no one's even it's like they didn't they didn't post sometimes our customer really resonates with certain people and when we started using sort of like more high-end fashion type influencers or influencers who are quite um 
refined in the way that they look and you know that kind of thing like that just didn't work for us um i always say like perky pear is basically our customer is basically me and charlotte and we're we're just your everyday girl like we me and charlotte always say like we're we're not cool girls like we're not that girl who's you know i don't know we're just a normal girl who's you know wants to feel good in any clothes we're, we're, we're not we don't look like influencers and and I feel like sometimes our customer just didn't resonate with that kind of look sometimes because they didn't see themselves in it. And you can't really sell a product to someone if you're sort of not showing that. I don't know, they can't really relate, I suppose. Um, whereas like we were noticing celebrities who were a bit more real with their audience and spoke really honestly about, you know, certain struggles that we all get. And the fact that Perky Pear as well, we we, we make a fact of not editing any of our images and using a really array of sizes on our website that we wanted that to be reflected also in who we worked with. And that's when we just started working with celebrities who um, just really were real and, you know, just normal kind of girls and down to earth. And Vicky was that. And I've always been a big fan of hers anyway. And I used to watch Geordie Shaw when I was younger and I used to think, she was great and yeah just as she's kind of gone on and she was kind of like the you know UK's sweetheart when she won the jungle and she kind of was just really open and honest and I was just like yeah this is we could literally be mates mm -hmm. and she she kind of naturally liked the product which was great because we sent them to her stylist and she was kind of just wearing them anyway and tagging us when she was in award like award nights and things like that so she already said like how much she loved the product so it was just a really natural fit which was great because I was like no way does this you know celebrity who who I've always been a huge fan of really like the product and and want to work with us um because she was very selective of what brands she works with um, so yeah, I think definitely a brand definitely has a, 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 a good fit of a certain type of influencer. Um, you know, one brand is, might have an influencer that works for them and it might not work for us, but yeah, for us, like people like Vicky, it really works and yeah, that's probably a really long wind, winded answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, some really good points, you know, yeah, it's the, yeah, the, they have to like they have to resonate like whoever's going to be out there like speaking about your brand or um yeah. representing your brand like the customer has to resonate with them and you know yeah if they don't it's going to reflect <laughs> it's going to reflect <laughs> in the sales unfortunately yeah, um, exactly. they have to sort of see themselves even down to the models we've got a photo shoot tomorrow shooting all new model images all new videos and we've really been selective over making sure that you know they're different body shapes and some, something that all customers can relate to and they see themselves in in some way um because you're basically trying to say like you know this person is you know we, we understand you because because we do I, I'm my own customer and um I, I understand our customer and I, I don't want our brand to be seen as um I don't know, just I don't, a perfection type brand because it's it's not about that. Mm. I think that really reflects actually the way that people want to be uh, like seeing their content in general. Like nobody wants to be scrolling through Instagram and made to feel bad because they don't yeah. look like perfection or don't speak like perfection or act like perfection. Yeah. Um, 
so yes yeah, so I think in t- I think it's yeah that's a really important point I think and that's definitely the way the world seems to be moving especially yeah it definitely it's, it's so good as well because we were kind of already kind of heading in that's what we wanted to do and that's how all our our marketing from day one has always shown uh, and represented all different shapes and sizes so yeah I'm really glad that um because that's what I was sick of and like I say I was my own customer and I'd look at these products that are on the market and then she you know she just didn't she didn't even seem like she even needed the product so that's what used to annoy me so I know that if I'm getting annoyed by it (laughs) my customers are as well so we always made sure that we we show and and carry on showing different shapes and sizes and even like representing because for a while we were more concentrating on like you know it because in the past it never really no products showed on larger boobs so we were kind of like it works on larger boobs look at the results but then we started noticing that the smaller boobed people were like oh my god I don't know if this product is for me um because you know I've, I've not got large large boobs um but that was from even going to like wedding shows and actually talking to people face to face and being like oh actually I didn't actually realize that we were kind of starting to seclude that those kind of people because mm. I obviously as a larger busted girl was like this works this is amazing on big boobs and then I was like oh wait hold on it doesn't just do that it really shapes and boosts it kind of it's like a magic tape it makes you more like you've got bigger boobs you've got smaller boobs and really you know lift you up if you've got larger boobs so it's like we kind of need to work harder on including everyone and and tomorrow's shoot is going to be really exciting because we've got mm. really good um sort of range of, of models so yeah but like I say it's all about just trying to grow as a brand and see you know what influence what influencer is right for you but also how you're relaying certain messages to your customers and and what they want to see because it's taken a long time really for us to be able to to get that right and to, to really listen and, and um, just, just give the customers what they want. Mm. Okay. Um, I am kind of going backwards here a bit, but maybe I should have asked this earlier, but um, <laughs> this is one thing I didn't want to just skip over because I think it's important. Um, at what point did you decide to quit your job and go for this business full time? Um, well, there's a bit of a story with that actually, because when I, I sat down with my manager and was basically saying, I'm handing my notice in, um, at first I did delve into kind of thinking, you know, do I work part time? Do I not? But at this stage, like I said, it was more of the fact that we already had quite a lot of customers on our newsletter. So we started pre-orders before we even launched. And like, I think I made more that weekend than I did in like a whole month. And I was just like, yeah, this is literally just the beginning. So I was like, and to really concentrate on it, um, it had to be something I just did even down to like, you know, how am I doing the, the post office runs and things like that when I'm working, I can't, it's not possible. Mm. So I remember sitting down and saying like, I'm handing my notice in, but it's not because I found another job. I'm, you know, having to say to someone that you're going to start your own business and it's a boob tape, I literally, that sounded like I was crazy. Um, I never used to tell people <laughs> what I was doing because I was always really conscious of people thinking that I was crazy. Mm. Um, so yeah, and at first they were so supportive. They were literally saying like, we really want to support you and we really, you know, we'd love you if you just carried on working, you know, part time or even delving in and out. They were, I never even thought that they would say that, which was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. to be given the opportunity. And I think if you work somewhere where they are really supportive, then maybe they will offer that sort of safety blanket. But 
I remember my, my manager saying like, is there enough work for you um, in your business to be able to, to quit? And I was thinking, well, yeah, there is. Um, but also he was saying, but you know, if there's times when it dips and it's quiet, then you can come back here and do some work. And I was thinking, well, at the end of the day, if it, if it dips and it's quiet, then that's not when I should be like, oh gosh, better go and work somewhere else. Um, <laughs> that's kind of the time when you should be trying to make sure it's not quiet and working harder to ensure that it doesn't dip. Yeah. Like you should be putting more work in if that's happening, not kind of going elsewhere. Um, Cause I was just thinking long-term and obviously at the time I was still living at home. I was only 24. Um, so if you are in that position, you know, I didn't have a mortgage to pay for. I didn't have any other responsibilities. So there was really nothing for me to lose. And like I said, um, as a graphic designer and doing this kind of, well, any kind of role um, that you do, starting a business, um, if it, even if it fails, like it looks so good on your CV, it looks like you're, you know, you've really gone out there and that you've attempted to do something that no one else would have done. So it, it's not really something that you could, is, is a risk because mm. it's only adding to 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 your skill set at the end of the day mm. yeah so true so true um oh i just there's been so much in this um in this interview that i just i can't wait to listen to it back in there <laughs> i'm gonna hate listening to it back <laughs> <in my voice. laughs> i feel like who likes listening to their own voice back it's actually one thing i did notice like you don't really you don't really make much of an appearance on the Perky Pair, like Instagram oh, feed or... No. I say I used to, um, but I think, I don't know, it's a tricky one. Um, we, we're actually, it's funny that you mentioned that because next month we actually, we're just setting up our own um, internal photo studio, like photo studio. So one of the things I am going to have to be doing is going on video and talking a lot more and things like that. But I hate doing it. <laughs> the reason why I just don't, I just don't like doing it. And that would probably surprise people because everyone who follows me on Instagram, I'm like an oversharer, you know, I'll, I'll post selfies and pictures of, but when it comes to actually talking and I mean, I'm, you know, when I'm talking to 80,000 people, it's a bit different than six, you know, 600 of my Instagram followers. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. And I think as well, sometimes I've been, conscious about the fact that we're because we're an American company as well like a registered US company in you know because we were because we're launching over there so sometimes I was trying I, I don't know I guess in a way taking a step back is be like you know do I I don't know it will the, the American customers want to hear an English accent and things like that I've been quite I don't know wrapped up in in mm. whether it would be right for the for the brand but I do think it is because people used to really love when I used to go on video and talk about the products and, and it was quite nerve wracking. It still is nerve wracking because I'm basically like, these are my boobs, one's up, one's down, you know, it's, um, I, it was really nerve wracking at first cause it, it was kind of like to sell boob tape. I had to literally show the results mm. and everyone technically knew that that was me. Um, but I don't really care now. It's not something that I'm really bothered about. So yeah, it's, um, it's something that we're definitely going to be doing more of because, yeah, I think people really, really like seeing, I guess, just a, a regular person just and their results. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's true. I think people always like the behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, that's why reality TV is so popular, I think. It's the behind yeah. the scenes kind of <laughs> thing that's going on. Um, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, I, I, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see your face pop up a bit more then on the, <laughs> on the Perky yeah. Pair Instagram and the, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's, uh, I mean, 
massive congratulations for what you've built I think it's absolutely amazing um Thank you. <laughs> yeah I love I love everything about it I love the message I love everything you're trying to achieve um so yeah so I guess with that then I'll ask you my final question of of the interview um and that is obviously bearing in mind the name of the podcast Millionaire Secrets I am really trying to kind of dive into the brain of successful business owners and entrepreneurs so Sammy Ryder what would you say is your millionaire secret <laughs> so this is a really tough one and I actually I, I 100% do not know how to answer this um because I think the secret like basically is like a mixture of loads of different things and I feel like I do feel incredibly not lucky I don't want to say the word lucky because it's taken a lot of work um but it, it, I guess it's just been about I've I guess I've been lucky in a way that I've always known what I want to do and without having done certain things and taking certain paths whether it be you know design education going into a certain career I definitely wouldn't have been able to do what I've done without doing all those things so I guess the secret would just be try and figure out a little bit early on maybe high school if I you know that's ideal um what your passions are and and I, I definitely I don't know whether this is like a thing now in education but when we were in high school or college it definitely wasn't a thing where people would talk about what do you want to do and what actually was available in terms of the careers as you get older because if you pick the wrong thing and then you you do the wrong thing at college or uni sometimes you know getting on the right path early I would say I just isn't a secret but I would it's a major key I would say people who don't even realize what their passions are or who don't even start businesses until they're like 50 or 60 so you know it's not always the the thing but for me I guess that has been my secret yeah it's not it's not like that way for everyone no and that's it yeah everyone's different we've said it a few times throughout this episode yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, that's it it's it's, it's kind of like it's the same it's the same kind of concepts I guess with your attitude to perky pair there'll be people listening to this that resonate with you more than anyone else um and that's why I like to have a bit of diversity and like you know yeah I'm trying to like yeah speak to lots of different people because yeah there'll be people that will resonate with you more than they'll resonate with Josh who's the last episode and only people resonate with Josh and not you and you know yeah so it's, it's yeah just making sure that everyone has got access I think and access and opportunities is yeah is, yeah that's the main thing really I would say yeah Ah, oh, well, thank you so much, Sammy. Actually, final, final question. Um, okay. <laughs> where can people either follow you or follow Perky Pair or where do you want people to go to find out more about the brand and you? Um, I mean, you can just Google Perky Pair and then we'll we'll just, you know, come up in terms of if you wanted to take a look at the product and um, website, which is all changing next month. So don't judge it too much. <laughs> Um, in terms of me, I mean, you can just follow me on Instagram and you'll probably know what I have for breakfast every morning because I overshare everything. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just, you know, Samantha Ryder on Instagram. <laughs> That's about it. And yeah, I try to, um, I mean, I don't really have time these days, but I do actually have a little bit of a blog, which is called The Perky Life, where I do try and share a few things in terms of the business and um you know just in terms of the journey um in case anyone was interested and there is more on that but yeah the, I don't think I've been in it since 
since November because loads of crazy stuff happened and then the pand I've been busy trying to get business through the pandemic <laughs> but yeah, it's something yeah. I definitely want to keep up with I think I just did it because I know that there might be people thinking you know do I start a business or you know have questions and I kind of just wanted to be a bit more open because I feel like on Instagram sometimes it's so easy just to be like you know oh my god we've gotten to this retailer or all the positive things mm. but on the blog I kind of talk about more about kind of like struggles and that everything's not rosy all the time and yeah I try to be on, as honest as possible and I'll always try and you know help anyone or give anyone advice if if they want it um if Amazing. they think that I'm the best person to ask I suppose bless you no that's that's cool I didn't know about the blog actually so I'll check it out thanks for listening to this episode the secrets discussed in this episode we don't want you to keep secret we want you to go out there and share them If you know someone who you know needs to hear this message of inspiration, please share this episode with them. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, I would be super grateful if you could leave me a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, now as a bonus, with every podcast episode released, those who subscribe to the Millionaire Secrets podcast email list will A, immediately receive the Millionaire Secrets Success Checklist, 12 easy to implement daily practices which guarantee success in business more importantly subscribers will receive bonus content either from our speakers or related to the topics our speakers talk about to give you the advantage on your journey head over to millionairesecretspodcast.com and subscribe to receive the step-by-step worksheet and other bonuses including of course the millionaire secret success checklist 12 easy to implement daily practices which guarantee success in business approved by millionaires for future millionaires thanks again for listening to millionaire secrets and don't forget knowledge is only power when you take action on it i don't want the secrets in this podcast to stay secret for long so go away implement the advice given in this podcast and let me know your results tag me on instagram with what you're getting up to and what's made the most difference See you soon, guys.